And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It is Thursday morning, back here in the DMV. Of course, I was in Minnesota for the owners meeting and out in Ashburn on Wednesday for OTAs of the three-day session. The media out was, is allowed out for the one day, and that was yesterday going to talk about all of that the owners meeting where we are with the josh harris bid uh or maybe more to the point where we are with dan snyder selling and we'll talk about what we saw out at uh out in ashburn with our pal nikki jabala from the washington post and then my other friend yeah i only have two um scott jackson of course one of the voices on the team 980 and the commander's Post game radio show. He joined me as well. We thought he was also out there in Ashburn. So we talked a little bit about Eric Bieniemy. We talked about this trademark issue that's popped up for the Commanders. Is this a big deal for them or not? Is this could this lead to a new name change um, when the ownership group takes over? And had to talk about the Wizards a little bit. Scott and I talk about the Wizards often on the side, and since they just named a new president of basketball operations, i.e. the general manager. We had to talk about that. Michael Winger is his name. Uh, Ted Leonsis may be giving this guy a chance to rebuild. And uh, Scott and I say, well, uh, maybe that's a little too late. But in any event, interesting hire. We'll talk about that here in a moment as well on the Standard Groom Only podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. Also, make sure to subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, you will get all my commanders coverage there. A new story up today. Uh, my thoughts on kind of what went down yesterday and uh, sort of comparing OTAs to like the first week of uh, high school. You can check that out on The Athletic. Um, also on Twitter, you can follow me at Ben Standig because as of this moment, <laughs> on Thursday morning, I have regained control of my Twitter account. It has been a uh, national nightmare uh, 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 over the last few days. It happened uh, on Saturday, right before I was going to the owners meeting. I had to tweet out of my um, secondary account, which was uh, called at break Burgundy because I had a breaking Burgundy website for many years, for, for a little bit, several years ago. I've uh, now I temporarily changed it to my name, but we're going to put it all back in order because thankfully Twitter has helped me, regain control of my account i'm no longer a crypto investor i'm just back to being the beat writer for the commander so appreciate everybody's patience with that and uh you know, i'm glad i could give some comic fodder for uh, my uh, colleagues over the last few days um as well um a couple of things let's i'll just hit on some of the news of the day um and uh, just just to sort of put that out here up at the top, uh, in terms of the commanders. So first off, 
in no particular order, uh, three players did not attend practice. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Charles Leno. I don't think any of those are like surprising or jarring or anything. I don't even think any of them are necessarily about their contracts, even though Young and Sweat are going to be free agents after this upcoming season. We know Chase Young uh, had his fifth-year option declined. And as far as Leno goes, he's under contract, but he is one of the players who um, could be uh, extended uh, to, to lower his cap number. Maybe he's asked to take a pay cut. There's something there, but not like really something there. So I don't think any of these things are about money would be my guess. And in terms of um, Leno and Sweat, honestly, I don't think either of them are that big of a deal. The question is, of course, with Chase Young, it is a fascinating situation. Like I said, his first you know, true activity with the team uh, in a group setting since he had that option declined. You know, it's it's amazing if Chase Young does not return next week and this is his last year uh, with the commanders, he will never have actually been a full participant in an on-field workout during an OTA. 2020 OTAs were canceled because of the pandemic. 2021, he famously skipped. 2022, he's rehabbing from his knee injury and now this year. Um We'll talk more about that, I presume, with Nikki in a few minutes. But that's just where we are right now with Chase Young. Um, so take that for for what it's worth for the moment. Uh, Cam Curl was there. Of course, Cam Curl is another player who is uh, – well, there's some wonder about a contract going into the last year of his rookie deal. And obviously, as a seventh-round pick, he's had a pretty – for an NFL player, a pretty uh, minimal paycheck. So obviously, him getting a new deal – is a huge life-changing situation. And obviously it's a player you would think the team would look to invest in. That said, I asked Ron Rivera about this yesterday and he said, look, flat out, everything is on hold when it comes to the money stuff until the ownership situation is resolved. Not surprising, but that is where things are at. And it really did seem like that's where we were after they went through the initial wave of free agency, that everything else was kind of put on hold. Um, no doubt the Josh Harris group will have thoughts on Chase Young and Sweat and Cam Curl and anybody else that they may want to do something with. Um, doesn't just have to be some of the bigger names. Washington might decide, hey, let, let's let uh, you know, re-up a James Smith-Williams right now. Let's not forget about Antonio Gibson, who is a notable name, of course. Uh, could be a Kendall Fuller. It could be others. But right now it's all on hold until the ownership situation is resolved. So there's that. Um, on the injury front, Rivera opened up his media availability with some not great news. Uh, first off, tight end Armani Rogers suffered a non-contact Achilles injury during Monday's uh, practice. Uh, I confirmed that he, in fact, tore the Achilles. He'll undergo surgery next week. We don't have a timeline yet, but typically that's going to mean his losing the season. Huge blow, obviously, for the young guy. Feel bad for him. You know, he put in whatever work he put in during the offseason, and now, you know, it's going to feel like it's all gone for not being hurt. But also, I honestly, he Armani Rogers was one of the players I was most intrigued to see this offseason. You know, at this point last year, you know, he was 
a guy, you know, he was a, a, a college quarterback that they were converting. And, you know, we had just gone through the Samus Reyes thing and not the exact same thing because Samus Reyes had not played um, football like at all, American football at all. And Rodgers had, and Rodgers was a pretty good athlete. But, you know, still, you know, we, we, we see about these things. But as the summer progressed, Armani Rodgers started becoming a legit th- uh, threat for them in, in, in practices. And then when all the injuries struck that position, he ended up having to play a fair amount uh, last year, at least until like Logan Thomas was able to get back. Um, and I was really intrigued to see where he would go next. And clearly the commanders were as well because they passed on adding tight end help this offseason. Instead, banking on Rodgers, Cole Turner and uh, Curtis Hodges to step up and 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 at least one from that trio step up to be uh a part of the high a part of the rotation and maybe the ultimate Logan Thomas replacement. Now it's down to two of those guys. So a big bum bummer there for Rogers. I would imagine they will add tight end help here at some point in the free agent market, but we'll see, you know, the, to a degree they have time. They probably just have to do it before training camp. Um, they've got the four right now. You also have Alex Arma, who's like the fullback tight end guy uh, as needed. So, We'll see what they do eventually, but a, a big bummer there. Uh, Rivera also said Jamin Davis would be limited right now to basically walkthroughs and team meetings because he had a minor procedure on his knee, minor being Rivera's term, a minor procedure on his knee from an issue that was lingering back to the season. He Rivera did not uh, say he was he, – he said he was not concerned about this being a long-term issue. Needless to say, we're all always skeptical when we hear that uh, post uh, Curtis Samuel. But nonetheless, doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Uh, if we get to training camp and Jamie Davis is not ready to go, then maybe we have a different conversation. That's where that is um, for now. Also, John Ridgway and Andrew Norwell did not practice yesterday, uh, recovering from injuries from the season. I don't think Ridgeway is, again, necessarily a uh, long-term issue. Ridge, uh, with Norwell, it's a matter of, I, I mentioned to you this, to this uh, before, that he had an injury from late in the year. He needs to get healthy so he can pass a physical. Once that happens, he most likely will be released. Um, so that is uh, that's where we are on that front. So we'll talk more about some of these things, I'm sure, in a few minutes with Nikki and uh Scott and I as I said discussed the Eric B enemy presence as well. Um all right, so let's get to it. Here is my conversation with the Washington Post's Nikki Javala here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. Uh I'm going to go Brent Musburger here and say that I on my Zoom am looking live at a person sitting in their car at the Wegmans parking <laughs> lot to join me here on the podcast whatever it takes. That's what she does. Nikki Javala from the Washington Post is joining me here. I've seen you over the last few days in Minnesota for the owners meeting in Ashburn for OTA and now at Wegmans. We it's like it's, we've hit the triple crown of places to be. Do you know how many stories I've written from this parking lot? Actually, like I can remember stories I've written from different spaces within the parking lot. That's how bad it is. Wow. That's a that's a sad indictment on my it, if it comes like, down to that, is there a space you feel has better mojo? Like, um, do you want to be near the bustle of the store or I get towards the back where it's a little quieter, perhaps? 
No, well, the front is usually where like a lot of the big news happens. So like I'm, I got like the prime spot right now in the lot. It's like the very first spot. Um, so this is where a lot of big news goes down. So hopefully they don't sell the team officially while we're doing the Zoom. You never know. Um, you know, Alex Smith's comeback that was that happened in this parking lot. I'm trying to think. Um. Darius guys, that was a different. I think that was the giant food store parking lot. Wow. All right. Well, look. Yeah. That that is yeah. um, that that's that, that that's us a lot. Uh, you, you know, you're you're here, there, and everywhere, and that's uh, yeah. you know, that's what makes you uh, you know, you've got position flex. You can be in this space or that space. Doesn't matter. You'll get the job done. Um. Exactly. All right. Well, look, we've got a lot to get to. It's been a busy week. Um. We're going to get to the the football stuff because honestly, I'd rather almost talk about that because I think we're all kind of a little over the owner stuff, but that is the bigger story. So let's start there if you're good with that. And I I, I came up with this analogy. I, I warned you that I had one. I don't know if it's any good, but we'll see what you think. Here's my view on, on this is, okay, so like obviously the NBA playoffs are going on right now. And we've all been mm-hmm. in this situation, whether you are the person watching or waiting for somebody uh, who is watching a game. Like you might say, hey, we're going to meet up after this game. Hey, how much time is left in the game? Five minutes. Okay, so what's like 10 or 15 minutes in real time? I'll meet you at your place or something. Sure, mm-hmm. except we know how the playoffs go. Even though the clock says it's almost over, we know really any NBA game, but the playoffs in particular, there will be more fouls called in the last few minutes because teams maybe they have to foul to you know stop the clock. There will be all the coaches, if they have three or four timeouts left, they're using them all. Because why, why, why let them go if, if you have a chance? You got to look, it's, you know, looks good to use your timeouts. Like you're in the game. Um, there's the reviews. Oh, Lord, there's so many reviews. And now the 10 to 15 minute outcome is now 30 minutes, even though the clock still says this thing is almost over. This is how I view this sale. Like months ago, it may have looked like we were there were those five minutes left. And that led people to saying, this is over, but in the reality, a lot of a lot of eyes to dot, T's to cross, and in this case, limited partners to vet, and it is taking forever. And while that is incredibly frustrating for many people, ourselves included, the reality is that it wasn't five minutes left in the game because you were ignoring the the reviews and the timeouts and the fouls, and that's why we're still here. In May, two months after everybody went crazy saying this thing was over in mid-March, and that, that, then it was going to be over at the first owners meeting, et cetera, et cetera. And now we get we're, we're, we got Jim Ursay, the Colts owner, saying week one is a goal. So th- that's my analogy that the st- people were looking at the clock and ignoring what actually happens in the last five minutes of a game. Yes, I would say um, this though is that. You know, it hasn't taken that long by NFL standards. Um, I think this one has just played out more publicly. Everybody's following every single step. Like there wasn't this in-depth reporting with the Broncos sale or even the Panthers sale after all that stuff with Jerry Richardson. This one because of the owner, because of the team, because of everything that's happened over the last 24 years, and especially the last three years, 
it's become magnified. Um, and this sale in particular is interesting because it's unlike the others. I mean, this is a $6 billion sale. I mean, it's massive and it, they don't have a buyer with the liquidity that they had with the Walton family or Tepper. Um, so it's a more complicated deal. Now, thinking that it was going to get done in March was a stretch from the start. I mean, they announced that they were exploring potential transactions, not even that they were selling, that they were exploring potential transactions in December. So that would have been a four-month turnaround, which has never happened in the NFL. Um, and that's discounting all the complexities of this deal. Um I think the problem was the perception of what an agreement really is in this case. You know, first they orally agreed to terms, then they signed off, which was really just that wasn't a, a hey, the deal is finalized. We agree on every little detail. It's no, we're going to open this window of exclusivity so we can continue negotiating over these smaller details and not have to worry about other bidders. They got themselves exclusivity, the Harris Group, basically. Wasn't that basically, what do the kids say? It's like going, I when you're in a relationship and you go, you're going IG, steady. Yeah, you're going IG. Uh... IG official, yeah. yeah you're yeah. going to the IG official, you announced on Facebook, basically. Right. God, I'm aging myself and mentioning Facebook. Um, I didn't say MySpace, though, so that's good. Um, but that's really what it was. It wasn't, hey, it's over, it's done, it's finalized. No. It certainly headed that way. Um, and what's interesting, again, about this one is there's no other clear bid that could really rival it. There's no Bezos unless something falls apart and he suddenly becomes interested again. It's just this deal. So they're going to they're gonna get it done, I think, but it's just not there yet. And to say that it's not final is not a criticism. It's not a knock on the air scoop. It's not a negative anything. It's just the reality. They're still working through some things because it's a complex deal. And there are some things that the NFL is going to have to concede on, given their strict ownership policies. Um, but that's that's where it is. And they're still kind of haggling over some details. Hopefully they both sides figure those out because again, you got to remember, it's not just the agreement between the Harris group and Dan Snyder. The NFL has to sign off on it too. So there's that third party. Um, and that's that third party is, is kind of, that's somewhat of the holdup is, you know, the NFL has to sign off on it and certain things with Dan too have to be finalized. So it's complex. It is uh, complex for sure. It was interesting. I thought I don't know your view because I was you know, we were out in as I said out in Minnesota, Egan, Minnesota to be precise, uh, for the owners meeting. And th th this is a much smaller version of the owners meeting. There's only about I don't know twenty or so reporters there, whereas at the one back in um, March, every beat has several reporters there because you're also getting the coaches and things like that. So it's a more mm. intimate group and and i guess to that extent we had better access to the owners i i would say uh, i don't know if you agree but i would sort of in general um they were penned in more i guess you could say it was a good um, setup yeah it was a good setup um and so 
we got to talk a few of them, primarily Jim Irsay and Jerry Jones. They're the talkers there, but some others as well. And it was interesting. Every time we would ask where things at with the deal, the focus was always, to me, primarily on the Harris bid as opposed to whatever Dan Snyder may or may not be asking for. And then you guys at the Post wrote a story. uh, I guess it was the last day we were there. Saying that from what you're gathering, it really isn't Dan Snyder is not really pushing for too much at this point. He's like, let's just get this deal done. Well, he was, he was at one point during he wrote that story. I think it was like before the start of the combine that he, you know, there was he was hoping for indemnification not just from Harris's group but from the league and other owners as well. But they've moved, they've they've worked through a lot of it. Right, right. That's what. Right. And so that's what I thought that's what was interesting. So I think on some weird level, that is actually a sign of progress because yeah. I really thought that the holdup was going to be more on Dan Snyder asking for whatever, you know, less of the Mary Jo White report being released or more indemnification or what have you. If it is quote unquote just about the money, then okay, you think at some point they'll figure out a way to get this done, even though the owners are, been, are saying right now they're not going to change. They're not looking to change the debt limit rules or the amount of money that the you know the, the um, main invet main uh, partner has to has to put into this, and that seems to be a bit of the rub. Uh, what, what 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 that to me is also interesting. Is this a, any kind of a game of chicken between Josh Harris and the league, knowing he does have them a little bit over the barrel because they want to get rid of Dan Snyder, and like you said, there is no obvious other bidder. They would have to start over again, and that that would seem nightmarish. On the other hand, you know. The NFL owners are the you know most powerful dudes in the world, so at least they think so, and they may not be wrong. Um, they're not going to like you know change everything for this one guy. So I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Agreed, it will eventually get done. It appears, but at the same point, there's a little interesting standoff that I sort of took away from from this uh, last couple of days. No, I totally agree, and I think like one one person said to us like he he got the sense that. Dan really wants to get this done, that he really wants to sell, which when you think, you know, even six months ago, that seems unfathomable, you know, that he's really wants to move on from owning this team. That to me is is big. Um, you know, you can chalk it up. to Well, yeah, he's selling it, the team, but still it's that's big. Yeah, no, I look, I, I uh, you know, I'm sure as you if you assuming you read my story, when the day after the or the day that they announced a week or so ago that they were going to that they had reached the uh you know IG official status that I said I think it's okay for people to celebrate here not because the deal is done but because for the first time Dan Snyder has acknowledged out loud that he is selling and that to me was a big step whether how long it takes for them to finish up the rest uh we will we will see um I, I, what are you more excited about as a reporter that the Dan Snyder era would be ending slash something new is happening with ownership or that we can just literally stop discussing this topic because it is the, the, the it is reached the crazy town part where you have these, you know, I don't even want to mention the name of the other party who is trying to get involved and he's now suing people and all that stuff. And then like, it's just the constant reporting. This is the most incremental yeah. reporting situation, but that leads to so many people just putting out all kinds of stuff and um, it's just, it, 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 yeah, it's such minutiae at this point. Well, what are you more excited about? The end of that, that part of the reporting or just the fact that Snyder is out and it would be a new uh, group in town? I'm probably more excited about the end of the circus 
just in I mean, I love I love the chase of covering any news story. And this one is so nuanced and there's so many layers. I mean, as a reporter, that part is is fun. It's all consuming, but it's fun to to learn about new things, too. Like, you know, I know so much more about private equity than I did before, you know, like that to me is is fun. But yeah, I'm. I wouldn't mind like a Saturday where I could just like hang out with my dogs or go to a brewery and just chillax. That sounds nice. Well, um, haven't had one in a while. Well, and that said, that's the one part of the sort of the bummer out of what came out of this weekend was the fact that there is no timeline here. Everybody's like, relax, relax. But I don't I can't tell you when it's going to get done. And, you know, I think, look, for the football team, the training when training camp ends in a couple of weeks, that's the part where, OK, everybody goes away for a while. When Jim Ursay says we would potentially have a special meeting to, to vote on this, but it would be sometime after July 4th. That's because even they're saying, look, we're out of here. We're, we're, we're going away for a while. Don't bother us. You know, one, two, yeah. three Cancun, but we'll be back, you know. Um, yeah. But but we're everybody's sort of stuck here in this holding pattern until. We know for sure when this deal is done, and that that is a, that is frustrating for yeah. for everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, when you're covering it, you just kind of feel tethered to whatever's happening. Like, I would love to go back to Denver and see my family. I actually haven't been back to Denver since I left Denver in 2020. I went; they had the they played then a game there football team. Yes, I was there for like all of like 36 hours for that game. But that's the only time I've been back home. So I would love to go back to Denver. I'm just too scared while this is pending. You know, like, I know as soon as I get on a plane, something is going to happen. That's so. I'm staying here until they get it done. I I can see the report, you know, headline. uh, Woman, woman takes down flight headed to Denver because on air Wi-Fi doesn't work. Tells tells captain turn plane around. Nothing gives me more anxiety than Wi-Fi that doesn't work on an airplane anymore. I can't handle it. Like, like my stomach starts hurting. I start sweating. Like, it is a real thing. First of oh, all, problems. By the way, I mentioned this in the intro uh, that I already recorded. Um, but speaking of, like, fretting over things like that, I have some uh, breaking news here for you. Oh. My Twitter account is back under control of the uh, standard <laughs> oh. corporation. Standing's back. I can't change my avatar. What are you going to do with your sister? Uh, oh you know God, that this car's gonna hit me. Oh my God, Jesus! Don't you hate when people back up and they don't look behind them and they're practically like within millimeters of hitting you? Yeah, I did a podcast once in Richmond with uh, Matt Paris and Steve Wino in my car, and the entire time. A car was trying to parallel park right in front of us. I think Wino was driving, and the car was par- parked. So we were discussing while we were constantly watching to see if this guy was about to hit Wino's car on multiple occasions. It's very, uh, it can be, it can be stressful. Uh, but back to back to your Twitter account. That's very exciting. Happy for you. Thank you. I still can't change my avatar photo. Where we have to wait for them to do that. Uh, then I will tell the world. But I'm giving you the sneak preview right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, big, 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 yeah. Big news. All right, uh, so because of that, I've been tweeting out less these days. Maybe people think it's a good thing. I don't know. I'm waiting for the stick to crypto tweets once I start tweeting about football again. But You should, like, mess with everybody and still, like, put out the random crypto tweets every now and then. 
<laughs> no, maybe I should. Actually, uh, don't. I have you on notification, so I don't want to get. All right, fair, fair enough. So Change because so because of that, I was pretty. I, I I was sparingly tweeting about the team yesterday at practice, but things did happen. Um, I'm going to save us both this. We are not going to discuss, unless if you want to, you're more than welcome to. This is a free country, but I'm not going to task us with having to say how player X, Y, or Z looked yesterday. It's one of three days of an OTA in which they weren't even playing like 11 on 11, no pads. Um, you know, it's just the very basics. They're, they're literally teaching them over again. Okay, here's how you block. Okay, so they're, I'm not going to go crazy, except for one player, and that, would, of course, would be Sam Howell. To whatever degree you were focused on on him, or what did you observe? I thought the most interesting part was them trying to get him to be the leader, not just really of the offense, but of the team. I don't know if you saw the video, but there was a video of um, Ron ha- having the team circle together, huddle together, and then he ha- has Sam Howell say, you know, basically, you know, go team, you know, in front of everybody. I, that's the type of thing I think that stood out to me. But for you, Sam Howell, what were your initial uh, thoughts seeing him yesterday? I thought we just said we were going to. You know, that was the one guy. Right. I said you had to. You got to talk about the quarterback. Yeah. Um. No. I mean, I I thought he looked fine. I mean, I to me this is. To me, it's it's kind of a difficult time to really evaluate players because it's. They're throwing against mostly air. You know, I think they they went four on four at one point, seven on seven, eleven on eleven briefly. Um. They're experimenting with different players at different positions still at this point. But I thought he looked fine. You know, I, I think people get hung up on, oh, my God, he was picked off by Percy Butler, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I I, I he seemed comfortable back there. Um, He seemed to have a good command. See what I did there? I did. Of the huddle. Um, Had a good rhythm with his receivers, I thought. Um. Yeah, I thought he I thought he looked fine. I mean, I want I want to see him in joint training camp practices. You know, I want to see him in training camp contact when things are a little bit more live, but mostly in joint training camp practices. Yeah. I right mean, now, I mean, everybody's just getting a feel for each other. Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is like he looks comfortable. Like, I mean, he doesn't look out of whack standing out there with those guys. He doesn't look like he's overwhelmed or that he's nervous. I mean, obviously he played it a, you know, pretty, you know good sized program in college. He had a lot of attention. Um, you know, he went through this a little bit last year, so it's not completely new to him. So I think to me, that's a big right. thing, but yeah, I mean, look, I think his arm looked pretty good in, in the short to intermediate stuff. Didn't go downfield a ton. Um, but again, it doesn't really matter per se. So I think that's going to be just interesting to see how he continues to develop as a leader. Cause it isn't just, that's the thing with that position. It's not just go out and do your job. You actually have to be the guy that players rally around. That's why Taylor Heineke, was so fun in part for these guys because he was somebody you could rally around and maybe other quarterbacks. Uh, they did not. Uh, what, uh, what, 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 I think for me, like a lot of it's like instinct. I would like look around at different groups and think, Oh yeah, that looks like a pretty, looks like a pretty good group. Like the secondary is a lot of interesting options. And then yep. I get to like the offensive line. I'm like, mm, uh, I don't know about this. I mean, Charles Leno wasn't there and that's, fine i don't think that's a huge deal but you know i just still i, I keep looking at the line going i know rivera and the crew thinks they've done a better job and who's for me who am i to say that they didn't i'm just not that inspired by that and if 
you can tell me whatever you want about Hal and McLaurin and Robinson and everybody else. If that line yeah. is legit better, I don't yeah. know we're going anywhere. But that, that that's the part of the group that kind of gave me anxiety yesterday. No, I agree with you. I mean, it all starts up front. Um, I like Nick Gates. I think, I mean, I heard the good things about him from New York. I think he can be a really intriguing ad. I'm still concerned about the right tackle spot. I mean, I think that's become an ever more important position. I mean, it's always been important, but I think increasingly it's become even more important. Um, I'm curious to see if they stick with using Sam Cosme inside. I mean, it kind of seemed like that was where they were going with him. Um, was pushing him inside and then figuring out something on the tackle position. But I have Cornelius Lucas, but is it completely solidified? I'm also worried about the depth. Um, I don't get the sense that they have a ton of it. And every year for the past three years, they've practically gone to the very bottom of the depth chart because of injuries across the line. So I mean, I expect this group to change multiple times over throughout the offseason, especially as guys get cut, as, you know, they'll probably scour the waiver wire like they always do, break in some new guys. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do there. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. It's not the most inspiring group. I mean, but then again, they're – their O-line a couple years ago wasn't either, and it held up really well, I thought. Um, so well, I, I think thought... a lot of it has to do with coaching and then, you know, just, you know, the the same messaging. And hopefully they can get that done. I, the, the structure of the coaching that was also interesting, but also raises questions too, you know, like Kenny Zampezi working primarily with tight ends yesterday while Juan Castillo is helping primarily with the offensive line. Travell Wharton is expected to be promoted to offensive line coach, but they got, you know, some of the more veteran coaches in sort of these hybrid roles, which is interesting. Curious if it will work. Well, to, to connect this with the wizards conversation I'm going to have later in the podcast, uh, the, the NBA now, the general manager is actually the president of basketball operations, and the general manager is actually the assistant general manager. That's what I think is going to happen with the offensive line. They're going to make Travell Wharton the offensive line coach, but really Juan Castillo, who was a renowned offensive line coach, is probably going to be more of the offensive line coach, but Travell Wharton will deal with the day-to-day stuff, and Wharton Castillo will deal with you know fine-tuning, and also the, he'll be like the run game coordinator, I think, that type of deal. So... Um, but that so was very similar to the front office where they have like two GMs and a few others who have been assistant GMs and kind of a muddied lot of people with say doing different things type deal. Sounds efficient. <laughs> Does sound efficient. Very, very good. I'm sure yeah. Josh Josh Harris will see it as as such. All right. Lastly, yeah. so I can let you get back to your Wegmansing. Uh um Chase Young, by by law, we have to discuss him. So he's not there. Now, again, neither is Montez Sweat, neither neither was Charles Leno. Reminder, these are voluntary practices, and they really do have like close to 100% attendance. A lot of teams don't have that. So overall, they're doing fine, but these people are not there. Charles Leno's a veteran. I don't think it's a big deal. Montez Sweat, I guess if you really want to make a stink and say he's going into a contract year, it's because of that. I don't think that's what this is. I think he just didn't go 
But Chase Young's the most interesting one, of course. I, I said this earlier, the fact that if he skips the rest of OTAs this year, and this is his last year, he will never have participated in one single on-field OTA as a member of this organization is pretty nuts. Um, the question is, is it a big deal that he isn't there? I'm almost of the nature to say it's not because it is in, it is in his nature to skip these, and this is what he does. I just don't want to hear anymore that he's like the captain or that he's like a leader because you, if you're going to be, if you're going to claim that, you got to show up. You got to go do these things. That's how teams get better. Your best players show up, lead, and everybody else follows. Other than that, look, as long as he's doing the workouts, I'm not going to make it a big deal about it, but I, I don't want to hear about the leader stuff anymore. It only matters if he doesn't produce. If he produces, this is a non storyline, you know, and it'll always come up in hindsight, you know just as it has in the past couple of years, you know, granted he's, he was dealing with the injury, but you know, if you produce, nobody cares whether you were there in OTAs or not. If you don't produce, it'll come up and I'll haunt you. So it's more of a risk on his part of how do you want to play this? You know, um, the Montez part, I mean, he's proved himself much more than chase has. I, I think the outside perception, and this is not to say it's necessarily the reality with chase young, but I think the outside perception is that, you know, in some ways he's resting on the laurels of his rookie season, you know, when he was voted to a pro bowl and defensive rookie of the year and really hasn't done anything much since he's dealt with the injury, of course, and missed quite a bit of time, um, which is unfortunate for him, but you know, and you want to see that he's putting in the same type of work to come back. And this is not to say that he isn't necessarily, but, you know, that's what people want to see that you're involved that, you know, you know, you're working your butt off to come back. And, you know, this is everything to you um, because they have invested quite a bit in him. Um, and I do think it's interesting that, you know, the team and rightfully so, you know, they they continue to use Ron Payne as an example of what could happen. Um, you know, Duran struggled to finish in his first four years, didn't get the extension that he wanted. Um, he They did exercise his fifth year, but they didn't give him a longer term extension like he wanted. He goes and figures out how to finish more, get the numbers, balls out, and gets a massive payday. Um, and I think they, it's a perfect example for the staff to show Chase and Montez, you know, this is what can happen if you put in the work and you figure out how to get these numbers and you put, you know, the game first. Um, so we'll see if they do it. I think Montez is a more polished pass rusher, more experienced pass rusher at this point. His numbers have been better. He's proven himself more. Um, you know, I, be I believe he's down in Colorado training with Chase Young. Um, I'm curious to see if he'll be back at OTAs at any point. Um, but certainly the the spotlight is on Chase. He was picked number two overall. He was propped up as, you know, a generational type pass rusher. Um, and those are lofty expectations for any player to live up to. Um, and he had a really good rookie season, but it's kind of been a struggle for him since. So I think it's kind of up to him on, you know, how much he wants the OTAs thing to matter comes down to production 
you know, this is why Chase Young made the mistake. It's like, you know, whether you're you know, at a new job or in a relationship, you want to start slow. You don't want you want to lower the expectations and then improve. Then they're impressed. Even if you ultimately get, you know, to the same level you would have gotten out if you got hard right off the bat. It just, you know, go up. You want the trend to go up, not start hot. And then like, hey, I'm good. And then go backwards. He, he that, that that was the first tactical mistake. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a, yeah, I learned that. I, I, I knew that right off. That's why it took me like 12 years to get here. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm still the slow burn here. That, 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 that's gonna be my, my, my Nick. That's my life <laughs> nickname, slow burn. All right, uh, that's a weird thing. All right, all right. Uh, I, I've only signed you to a thirty-minute contract, so your time is uh, about up. Uh, at Nikki Javala, N I C K I J H A B V A L A on Twitter. Her account is authentic. No crypto advice from her, uh, unless you you know has some. Uh, I'm unaware of her uh, interest in that. Uh, anything else to to, to mention? Not, to I plug anything else? Mm, might have a story out later this week um but otherwise no not really i mean i'll try to refrain from posting too many dog photos on instagram if you follow me on instagram just be warned that it's for my dogs i don't post anything of value or note um but hey follow me anyway um other than that yeah i don't really don't really have much maybe they'll sell the team soon Nice. I was thinking of Nikki and I had our own site together. Neither we would have the least uh, promoted site ever because both of us would downplay every single thing that we do, and we'd be like, "Yeah, if you can read it, if you want, if you don't, that's fine." I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we roll. That's All right. Kind of and yet, our, the pot we make podcast magic every time. All right, go, 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 Wegmaning. Uh, have fun on your and your errands, and uh, we'll talk Thanks. soon. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, here's for a little more about uh, Commander's OTAs. And the guy I go to when I got to, got to vent about the Wizards is the the great Scott Jackson, of course, uh, Team 980 and the Commander's postgame show at Jackson Sports on Twitter. Uh, all right, we'll get to the Wizards news in a minute, Scott, about their hiring a new president of basketball, everything. Uh, but first, you were out at... Uh, out in Ashburn with me yesterday. Just give me your big takeaway, whatever it was, something that stood out to you uh, one way or the other about uh, being out there. Well, I just think the, the, the Eric B stuff is, is advertised. He's definitely vocal. Um, there's a tempo that he expects from his offense in and out of the huddle. Um, there's some Kansas city chiefy kind of things, you know, that you'll, you'll see when, when the team is revealed, I think in terms of the way they're, they're running uh, stuff. And, you know, Sam Howell, you just kind of thinking back to last season where this team was at the court in the quarterback room with QB one to where they are now was certainly a lot more accurate than Carson Wentz was uh, in the early days of OTAs and training camp. Uh, but, you know, he had some struggles too through an interception in the red zone. Uh, you know, there's, you know, he's that portion of the field seemed to be a bit of his kryptonite on the day. Cause I think early on he was really hot in some of these drills, but then, you know, things tighten up down there and it's really essentially just a four on four, uh, you know, DBs against receivers, what have you. And that's, you know, the, the, the linemen are window dressing at these practices right now. That's why it's kind of funny that three linemen, you know, skipped out because they're really not a whole lot for them to do outside of individuals at this point because there's no pads on. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's some good things to see from Hal, but I think it's a work in progress, uh, certainly. And again, I think people can be encouraged by there is a method to what Eric Bienemy wants. And hopefully these guys can catch up to it, you know, sooner rather than later. 
it, it is funny almost like you know we we, we when it comes to like del rio we we talk you know del rio is like a uh, you know he's like a man out there he's not gonna take yeah. anybody's crap um and it's i i i you know del rio scares me i'm not gonna lie uh, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but he's like fairly subdued out there like he's yes, he not, is. he's yeah. not a screamer now you know maybe there's pockets but we don't really hear right. him that much and i've said this before with scott turner scott turner has a very different personality right than these guys but the enemy is loud and out there and he's really um a presence so it is it is interesting to to see it and you know it'll be interesting over time you know right now it's the kumbaya part of the offseason program everybody's just happy to be there right you know, every like every team feels this right like every team you're not hearing anybody going oh my god this is the worst practices we've ever had you're not going to hear any of that this time of year and i think last year remember we heard all this stuff too ben about how positive everything was too but you're right but there's just a different vibe about the staff, which they haven't had the first three years just because of him being out there. Uh, cor- correct. Um, all right. So l- l- a quick other note here. Obviously, we're all as we're all waiting for the Josh Harris uh, sale to conclude or progress or something. You know, one of the questions, of course, is what you know, what are some of the priorities he's going to have? when uh he takes over one thing that a lot of people want that i don't think is a top priority is changing the name or the brand or whatever and uh we'll have that debate what 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 they should do over time but yesterday on meaning on wednesday came news that the uh, and i don't have the exact uh, t- uh tweet in front of me but basically there's some hiccup right now with the commanders trade with, with trademarking the commanders for this team um when you see that and you know what goes on with this organization everybody immediately is like oh my god you got to be kidding me now they can't even be the commanders like what's going can't even be the commanders like what's going on here he, he this i did get a statement from the team though scott that said uh the trademark office's recent non-final office action say that fast three times is yeah. an ordinary course step in the standard trademark registration process we will respond to the trademark office's office action and are confident that our registration will be issued. Um, I think this is probably much ado about nothing. I, I needless to say, not a trademark uh, attorney. We'll see, but it's some other things I saw, saw the same thing. Nonetheless, how, how, how hilarious. I mean, this is just where, where the, everything happens with this group. And like I said, this might be normal, but because it's this group, of course, it seems like it's a major screw up. Yeah, I don't know, man. Do the Guardians have any issues? I'm trying to think of the new name teams, right? I, I don't I don't I don't understand it either. Uh, you know, this is just probably gonna give oxygen to the change the name folks, right? Like, good, you know, you can't you can't profit from it. Move on, pick another name. But here's the problem like these squatters have sat on a lot of the names that have been out there for a while, right? Like this one guy that's sitting on probably Red Wolves and all these other all these other variations of the name that we heard about. I, I don't know. I mean yeah, like you said, I think it's just more of a oh man, just it doesn't seem like this this group can catch a break, uh, kind of stuff. And you know, when when you do the making of the brand, I think part of the um, you know, part of that too is obviously, you know, there was there was some discussion right when you did the name change, I should say, when you when you said you were stripping it down and you were going to Washington football for the to a temporary time period, there were all these people jumping in, you know, trying to guess names and all that kind of stuff, and I guess jumping in the squatting world, so. I don't know how much of a deterrent that's been, how hard that whole thing's been, or if it's really just more about this football game they play. Um, you know, I, I don't know what what exactly it is uh, that's holding it up. Hopefully, 
it gets resolved for them. I mean, uh, I would think the powers of the NFL and, uh, you know, of a multi-billion dollar corporation could probably, it, you know, get this through at some point. I would be shocked if this was something that dragged out. It was a major problem. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't want to make a process joke every time we talk about this team and now that Josh Harris about to take over, but it feels like mm-hmm. this is part of the process. Part of the process. Uh, yes. But, uh, yeah, no, but I do agree. This is going to give oxygen, you like I said, to the group oh. that wants it out. And maybe for Josh Harris, even to some degree, if he actually okay. does want to make a change, there's something here. Like, hey, you know, we we, we, we hit a road bump, of course. Like you yeah. said, what, what would you change it to? I don't have to go through that deal. I, I did a whole story two years ago where we, we you know, did like a, you know, test run of like what it right. would take to change the name. And like, you know, it's, if it really comes to that, we'll get back into it. But it's just... Notable that that happened. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. That would be almost funny if, like, the the name gets reversed. Like, you know, if you're like Jason, right? You're like, okay, that was yeah. like the big thing. Like, what happened here? Um, although it would give them an opportunity to to redo the reveal because right. that was the most uninspiring reveal on the Today Show of all time. Yeah, no doubt. No, and again, as, as you and I have discussed over and over, I don't think there is a a one particular name that's going to make everybody happy. Uh, I, I do feel like a lot of this name change push is from people that never wanted a name change uh, as well in terms of our fan base and, and even some media, which is fine. I get that. But it's just like there's there's just no easy way and happy way to resolve this thing. Um, I must think you need to write it out and just, you know, improve your, your organization and hopefully win and try it on precise with winning. And, and as I said over and over, it's not even the most frustrating local mascot name um, that belongs to the NBA franchise. <laughs> right, right. For so. sure. Yeah. Good, good segue to the Thank NBA you. Thank franchise. You. I you're, you're, this is why you're a radio professional. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, look, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta veer into the wizards here a little bit because they made some significant news sure. on Wednesday with the announcement that they have hired Michael winger to be president of basketball ops for monumental now let me just clear up the the, the, the titles here get confusing always so, are yeah. so 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 let me explain the in basketball now they have there, there's the, the the actual general manager and the way that we think about it the person that's in charge of all the moves is not actually called the general manager that yeah. person is the president of basketball operations that's what michael winger is he will then subsequently hire a general manager and you can already see the framing coming out of the Wizards that, oh, well, this person will be solely focused on the basketball while Michael yeah. will oversee the Wizards and the Mystics and the Go-Go and give me a break. None of that's going to happen. He right. is in charge of the Wizards. Now, nominally, is he in charge of the other things? Sure. And the Go-Go is obviously connected to the Wizards, but he's right. not going to be focusing on, you know, the Wizard or the the, the, the Go-Go's, uh, you know, travel schedule to uh you know whatever their next game is or you know schenectady if there's even a team there i don't know um, sounds cool though he right so this is the guy who is the new gm with the title monument of, of uh basketball president of basketball ops for monumental basketball um here's the deal uh look i always say this all the time with any time that you hire somebody who's at the assistant level to take the main job uh none of us have a clue what he will do uh, right. or how he will do but get some insight as to what he who what he's about and he's not a traditional basketball person he's a lawyer when i asked somebody uh with the clippers a few weeks ago when his name first came up as an interview uh, as, as a candidate i was i was told 
that in a tw- in a text he's very good an expert with the cap and really good with trades very smart the same person after they made the hire uh, said to me great hire we'll get their cap in order quickly um nothing wrong with having smart people no. around um it is somebody who is outside of the uh, Ernie Grunfeld uh tree so that was what Ted wanted to do fine start start over start fresh from there so that is all interesting We'll get into a couple of things in a sec, but at first blush, thoughts on the hire? Well, last week I, you know, heard about this Michael Winger thing, and of course, immediately at my eighth grade self started thinking about Kip Winger, and you know, headed for a heartbreak. <laughs> She's only seventeen. Easy come, easy go. So all these terrible Winger. Jokes I can't believe what, you know the songs. I mean, oh, I, of I, course I do. I was a product of of the hair band era. Well, so and, was and, I. But I mean, like, and, I, and remember this: really, the thing that ruined poor Winger. I kind of feel bad for them. Yeah, was Beavis and Butthead because they were the joke of of Beavis and Butthead, right? Like their friend Stewart that the nerdy kid wore the winger t-shirt and it became a joke on Beavis and Butthead because right. they, you know, they wore, they, I forget which one, one of them wore an ACDC, AC, one wore Metallica Butthead. because yeah, that yeah, were yeah. the cool bands and then yeah, the, the nerdy cool kid band. was winger. Yeah, the nerdy kid was winger and he's like, ah, these guys suck. And they would do that over and over when they'd come on <laughs> and it was, anyway, so again, my eighth, ninth grade self, maybe I was a little older, I don't remember now. Anyway, I always think about that. But yes, once I got past that, I started diving into this guy Look, the Sam Presti tree is, you know, can be impressive, right? A guy who's worked in a market where, you know, stars don't always want to stick around. And then you've, you've been able to flip those things in, into, obviously, asset allocation and, and rebuilds. So I think that part of it's interesting. But, you know, what's fascinating to me when I start, when you first think of the Clippers, do you really think about a team that's been, like, amazing with the draft and been really shrewd with, like, a development of young players? Or do you think more about a team that's been star chasing, which, the, you know, they did. And you read, you know, some of these stories, some of these accounts of this guy, he wasn't, he was down on the idea of trading for Paul George, which they gave up a ton for, um, you know, he, he didn't really like that idea, you know, again, who knows if that's true or not, but this is what they're saying now. Uh, you know, he was, he was loud about that and Clippers, but apparently Lawrence Frank and company didn't listen to him, but you know, they, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, I think there's some interesting things to his background, uh, but I think I'm with the bigger picture is it's a fresh set of eyes. It's different. Uh, will he be allowed the autonomy to do all these things? That's what they're saying right now. I hope that's true. Uh, if he wants to, you know, utter the, the word, uh, rebuild, will they allow that to happen? Tank, however you want to put it, will they allow that all to happen? Uh, hopefully so, but it's going to be tough. It's still, you could say you want to do all that. What are you going to get for two guys that are coming up with their contracts? If you do sign and trades with them, you're usually not going to get a whole hell of a lot. Uh, you know, what are you going to get for Bradley Beal? If you were to be able to somehow move that albatross, well, hard to well, see much value there, to be honest with you. Uh, well, that's the, the thing. Trade. That's Part the thing. So, so while the hire seems interesting, you know, will yeah. time will tell. Okay. Th- yeah, this is in the this is in the uh, story on the Athletic uh, it, it, about this. It says uh, the story. It reads: Leontes plans to give Winger lot wide latitude to expand and revamp the Wizards' infrastructure, and potentially launch a full rebuild of the roster. Said league sources. Okay, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Like, yeah. this will sound like a great deal, and people will be excited for it. Yeah. And this is so, this is perfect hashtag so wizards. Mm-hmm. We've been screaming to do this two years or for the last two or three years. Yeah. I mean, I've always said, other people have a different timeline, but I always said, at the moment they traded Russell Westbrook, in which they didn't give up anything, got back a bunch of fun assets with Kyle Kuzma and KCP and some other stuff, 
that was the moment to trade yeah. Bradley Beal. Not because Bradley Beal was a bad player, but because it was a chance to restart the whole thing. You want to change the culture? I talked to somebody uh, recently who uh, who's who's very familiar with the Wizards, and we talked about them, and he, he agreed with that. Like, they've got to change that culture. Well, you're not changing the culture as long as the people from the past part of the culture were still there, and that's Bradley Beal. And I'm not saying Bradley Beal is like a bad guy. I'm just saying th- that you have to start over. It's trading him now you're going to get 50 cents on the dollar compared to where right. you could have gotten multiple first round picks and some young players a couple of years ago. Now he has like, you know, one of the worst contracts, maybe the worst contract in the entire NBA. So again, this is great. And also, by the way, you also pass on trading Kyle Kuzma at the trade deadline, Oh, which is unforgivable. I'm sorry. That's just, that was the worst thing. Maybe, but you know what? I, I mean, maybe they tried to, and it just wasn't what we thought it would be. I, I don't know, but that seemed like the moment of the second miss. Like you talked about the first miss with Beal right after the wall deal, right? Like this was the moment to go in that. I felt like this year when you saw that this group of, you know, I, I hesitate to call them big three. When we, actually, my friend Rick Doc Walker and I laugh every time we say it. The, the quote big three, break them up. Uh, that would have been the moment to do it and, and to see what you could get out there uh, fetching the open market. But, you know, never got to that point. You know, here we are. Like, so everything you're trading, you're going to be trading on a bad exchange rate, clearly. But if the goal is to clear it out and start it over, I guess you're just going to have to take the deal. They're going to have to take bad contracts. They're going to have to take some, you know, some things, you know, to, to, to that's how they're going to have to get out of this. If that's truly what they're going to do. I could see a scenario where they come in, he comes in and says, all right, we thought about it, but the best thing to do is to add, you know, and just give it another year for West Jr., you know, and go from there. But that's, you know, we'll see. I mean, this guy will have to have some amazing relationships around the league, which they say he does, to kind of change the mindset of, of you know, free agents, players out there have never forced trades the Wizards yeah. um, in, our, in our lifetime or uh, said, oh, this is the place I'm going to go in free agency either. I mean, we've, you know, the, like what are the big free agent moments of the Wizards? Like Arenas was a low level, you know, he was a restricted. They got him that they nailed it, uh, you know, but it was also like kind of fluky because it was a weird year. Like it was literally them and the Clippers, the only teams that could have afforded him at the time. He says he flipped a coin, which then he said he didn't flip a coin. Then he said he did flip a coin and then he didn't flip a coin. Whatever happened there. But I mean, remember, you know, the almost the, the biggest free agent moment almost was Al Horford. Remember that? Al Horford was down to Boston and Washington, and his wife wanted to go to Boston, so they went to Boston. Well, and everything and that, went downhill it. from that point. And, I mean, and they, basically, they, everything went the crap right. From yeah, there. right, at, right, right, right after, right after that. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to say. That that that's why I've been saying for a, a while now that this is the worst point for the Wizards since basically guns in the locker room because there is no obvious path. At least when you had the Blatch, Javale, uh, Nick Young nonsense at least it was going towards the bottom and they ended up obviously right. getting those picks that lured that turned into wall and beal and others and that helped the turnaround right now there's no i don't know what their hope is even if you trade bradley beal again you're not getting close to what you could have gotten before uh, you, you, it's not like they have somebody on the roster currently you're going well at least they have this potential right. centerpiece. young player yeah they it's, don't have a young centerpiece player at all no I mean, not they a, got not, a guy you know their first draft pick last year oh my god was you know literally <laughs> right, like right. like was a disaster until like the final two weeks of the season we don't even know if that's going to carry over so i mean it's you're right i mean they don't have a lot then you, we've just watched playoffs where you know people you traded away shined for western conference finals teams well i told i, mean, I, I think i told you my buddy texted me the other day and said that 
the the team that helped the Nuggets and the Lakers get to the Western Conference Finals the most was the Wizards because Absolutely. they traded Ru- Rui Hachimura and Kate Tavius Caldwell yeah. Pope. That's a good point. Um, all right, I know you got to run at uh, Jackson Sports on Twitter. Uh, you're going to be on uh, w- the local radio when this weekend? Yeah, Friday on overtime at 6.30 on 106.7 The Fan and Sunday morning 8 to 11 on 106.7 The Fan and Team 980. And then I guess uh, Monday Memorial Day 2 to 6 with uh, Doc Walker in for Grant and Danny from 2 to 6. Awesome. All right, we'll go check Scott there. He'll have more thoughts Thank for sure guys. on Commanders and the Wizards. Uh, my guy, enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of the day. We'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Ben. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.